What's up, Benfica Nation? Welcome to the return of Liga 3 in English. That's right, we're talking about the Portuguese third division once again. This is one of my favorite things to do. This is a part of the Mr. Benfica podcast feed. I'm the Mr. Mike Agustinho talking to you again about this division. And if you remember, this project started out because... Well, th there was the success of the teams in this in this division in the Portuguese Cup this year and in in last year as well. And I thought that everyone should, in addition to being Benficas, should pay attention at least, if not support their home team. And um, this is the league where a lot of our home cities and towns find their club. So here we are, Liga Três em English. And it has been a wild ride in the Liga tradition. A lot of things have changed since the last time I talked about it, of course. Uh, it's been three months since I have talked Liga 3 or Liga 3 uh, here on the feed. And uh, I've gotten a lot of positive feedback from all you guys on this. Um, a lot of you have, have reached out saying you enjoy this, this uh, spinoff, if you will. So it's back by popular demand. And I'm getting a lot of... Uh, Getting a lot of love for Mexico in, in Madeira, but Mexico plays in the Campeonato de Portugal, I believe, in the fourth division. So I am rooting for them to be promoted, like a lot of you have have uh, have expressed to me. You support them, so it will be it'll be great if uh, we can see Mexico one day playing in the Liga Três, and we can be talking about them as well every week. Now, um, the teams in this division have done well, both in the Portuguese Cup. Um, of course, they're all they've all been eliminated now, but uh, many teams made quite an impact this year. One of them was Verzin, who we saw Benfica eliminate uh, back in January. We saw we saw Benfica come in and and win three one at Verzin, and since then Verzin has had a little bit of a of a dip in form. Um, same thing with Saint Jornes, and same thing in in the southern section where we've seen my club College go from they were leaders, they've fallen as far as sixth. Now they're back up in third. So this this is a super, super competitive division. Um, very, very few points separating the teams that are going to fight for promotion versus the teams that are going to fight for relegation. We're now in round 18, which means there are only four more rounds in this preliminary phase. After that, the top four in each section will advance to the promotion playoffs. And how that will work is four teams from the north, four teams from the south, They'll be split up into two groups of four with two from each each section. And then uh, the first place teams from each group will advance to will be promoted. They'll advance to the, the Liga 3 championship game. And they'll also be promoted to the Liga 2 or the Liga Portugal Sabseg, I think is the official name of the competition, the second division. So that's what these teams are playing for. But the most important thing, as a supporter of one of these clubs, uh, that I'm watching, you want to be in that top four because that is the only way to guarantee that you are safe in the division for next year. Because what happens with the remaining 16 teams that do not go to the promotion uh, playoff, they, they go into the relegation playoff. So again, it's 16 teams, four groups of four, and the four fourth place teams in those groups 
will be relegated. It can get very complicated very quickly. You look at a team right now like Braga B or like Bulanesis, who are both occupying the fifth place positions. One point each of them. Yeah, well, sorry. One point for Bulanesis. They're one point out of the promotion spots, while Braga B are four points out of the promotion spots. Not very far from that, but when it starts all over in the next phase, they could go on a, on a dip of form. You know, they can go on a short little losing streak, find themselves losing two or three or, or struggling to get points and come out with a point after three matches. And suddenly their survival in this division will be at stake because in the end, um, it is the four teams that finish bottom of those four groups that will be relegated to the Campeonat uh, Portugal, Portugal. The third place team, there's also a third place playoff. So the two second place finishers will play each other to be the third place team in this Liga th 3 and they'll play in a relegation promotion playoff against the 16th the 7 excuse me the 15th place team in the second division. So there's a lot to play for for a lot of teams here. Um so why don't we get into the fixture lists, okay? This was round 18 and it got started on Friday and it was Pridge hosting Felgadas and the new leaders in the northern section, Felgadas 1932, 1-0 winners over, over Paredes. Namora with the goal. Nuno Namora, that is, for Felgadas. And then on Saturday, we start up north. It, it's, a local, it's a local derby, if you will, or a local rivalry. It is Faf taking on Vitori Guimarães B. Faf at home. Come away, the winners, with a goal from Vilsen Calier and Faf get three more points. A team that has come to life in the last three months since I last talked about this uh, division. They were bottom of the table then. They moved their way up. They're accumulating points now. It's the historic Academica, Academica Coimbra on the weekend. Hosting Moncarpachense, the Algarvian side traveled to the University City and it was a split of the spoils for both sides. Nil-nil in this one. Each team taking a point. Well, we go to the Margin Sul, and it is Amora hosting Sporting B. Amora, one of the surprises, I think, this season in the division. Um, they kind of hit a hit a run of form, started climbing the table, and have not looked back. But in this one, they would fall behind at home here. And it was the Little Lions, it was Sporting B, Francisco Canario with a goal in the 74th minute. Looked like he was going to push Sporting B into the promotion spots. But then in the 90th minute, it was Vanilson equalizing for Amara. And they weren't done in the 90th. Plus three at the death, João Oliveira would finish and bring all three points home to Amora. And Amora continued their absolute just rise this season. And um, they are looking like real contenders to go up. They take three more points, like I said, and stay near the top of the top of the table up north Canelish 2010 this is a controversial game against Saint Joanes of course aside from Saint Joan de Madeira and um you can't talk about Canelish without talking about of course the leader of Porto's ultras you can't talk about Canelish without talking about Macaco Madureira and I have no idea what his role is in the club I don't believe he's a player anymore he's like 43 years old but um, he ordered the team off the pitch in this one. And actually, Canelas walked off the pitch in this game. And they were gone for 10 minutes and then returned, apparently, is what I'm hearing. And uh, it was a game that was filled with controversy. You see three Canelas players being sent off. 
And in the end, though, Canelage unable to get it done. And I know there's not too many neutrals supporting Canelage right now, but the scoreline was opened by Sonjuanis' Joel Silva in the 23rd. Then Alex Tunk of Canelage converts a penalty in the 27th. They go into halftime level 1-1. And then the cards start flying in the 49th minute. Leo Araujo sent off for Canelage. And two minutes later, Pedro Pinho pulls one, or doesn't pull one back, puts Sanjuanes ahead in the 50th and in the 58th. Again, it is João Silva who makes it 3-1 for Sanjuanes. Gabriel Tigrão would pull one back for Canelas. 3-2 in the 70th minute. 73rd minute, Eduardo Souza sent off for Canelas. Two minutes later, Antonio sent off for Canelas. And somewhere in there was was the mess of Canelas walking off the pitch. They did return because they would have forfeited and lost 3-0 and um, had all kinds of penalizations that I don't think they have the the financial capital and the financial you know means to to deal with the fines of walking off the pitch and forfeiting the match. But in the end, it is Sonjuanes taking a much-needed three points to stay in those top four spots. To the historic Hestilu we go. It is Ujbulanesic, and they have a field day today against the Azorians, Fontinhas. And it is it starts off with an own goal for Fontinhas as Banjai would redirect the ball into his own goal. Samir Banjai, the, the Fontinhas player. 36th minute, João Augusto would double the lead for the club from Belém, and they would go to halftime with that 2-0 lead. And then the floodgates open in the 52nd minute. Duarte Valente would get a penalty, or he would convert a penalty, I should say, in the 52nd. And it's 3-0 to, to the Bolognese. Seven minutes later, the same Duarte Valente would score again 4-0 to the Blue, the Lisbon Blues. And the they keep pushing on, keep pushing on. Joao Auguste returns to the score sheet in the 76th, making it 5-0. And then he would complete the hat trick in the 80th minute. 6-0 to Bulanis' three points staying in Castillo and Bulanis' hopes of promotion stay alive. Again, four rounds to go. This is going to come down to the very, very end. And the leaders in the south, you don't have to travel very far from there. You just got to go to Leiria, and it is, of course, Union Leiria, a club once managed by José Mourinho, of course. Uh, they would host Oliveira do Hospital at the Magalhães Pessoa, and, of course, they just hosted the, the Portuguese, the League Cup Final Four at their at their stadium. I believe the pitch was left in, a, in poor conditions as... Um, you know, you had three matches in the space of four days or something like that going on at that match, going on at that stadium. And the the pitch has been criticized, but it looks like now um, Unioa back on it. They're playing it in Liga in Liga Three. It does not matter that you're going to play. And um, the home fans would be happy in this one. It would be a nil nil draw at halftime. But in the second half, Jair Silva for the for the Leiria side would open the scoring. But the side from the Coimbra district would pull level in the 68th. Uh, Miguel Rodriguez would equalize for Oliveira do Hospital. And then heartbreak at the very end for that same Miguel Rodriguez. 90th plus five. Miguel Rodriguez with an own goal into his own 
goal. Um, just heartbreak and misfortune for a player who had to be on cloud nine after getting the equalizer. And at the death, Oliveira Dospital lose their very valuable point while Union Leria get all three and remain in control of the southern section in this competition. Very good game. Um, a healthy crowd on hand at the Magalhães Pessoa. And then the last game on Saturday, we go to Varzim and Thiago Magarido's side, who led for, for much of this phase, like I said, finding a little bit of a dip now, and it would continue this time at home, hosting uh, Sport Club São João Verde. And in the 57th minute, Diogo Pereira would find the back of the net for São João Verde. And from there... Um, Verzin just unable to to convert any opportunities, unable to pull back a point, and they continue to slide while uh, Saint-Jean-Vier gets a huge three points on the road. We move to Sunday now, and we start up north again, and the two northern sides take to the pitch. It's Lanc Villaverdez taking on CDC Montalegre in Villaverde. And it would be the home side that would be happy at the end of this one. And Edmilson Filho with the double on the day. The first in the 26th minute for Lanky Loverdance. Didi would equalize in the 59th minute for Montalegre. But in the 67th, the winning goal would come. And it would be once again Edmilson Filho. Villaverdance take all three points at home. They continue in the top four spots. They want badly to be promoted. Um... There's a lot of money invested in this division. I have to say, a lot of these clubs, Vila Verdense, Verzin, um, Bolognese, and, and clubs like that, you know, they, they have invested quite a bit of money on in these teams. They are, you know, signing high level Division II and, and players with players that have first division experience. Um, Alverca as well has a, has a large investment, and it's, it's, it's very, very competitive, of course. And like I said, I think it's going to go down to the final day of this first phase to see who the teams will be who are going to compete for a spot in the second division. Continuing, and we're staying in the north, we go to the historic Primeiro de Mayo Stadium. Of course, that is home to Braga B, and it is the former home of Sporting Braga. Um, still, The club still owns the stadium. Um, Braga B hosting Anadia. And it would be a big, big afternoon for the Bishops, or the Baby Bishops, if you will, the, the B team here. And Airu would open the score for Braga in the 21st minute, making it 1-0. It would go to halftime that way. In the second half, 65th minute, Andrea Laximacante would make it 2-0 for Braga B. And that same Andre Laximacante would make it 3-0. He'd double his tally on the score sheet. 3-0 after 71. Two minutes later, Papalele would pull one back for Anadia and the side from the Aveiro district would be hoping to, to still rescue the points here with 15 minutes to go, but in the 80th, it would be put out of reach. Thanks to Bragabi's Bernardo Couto. 4-1 is your final at the Primeiro de Maio. Um, we head south now to, to Massama. It is Real Massama or Real Sport Club hosting my Caldas Sport Club, and this game was on live on Canal Ones. and I have to say, for about a month, I my Canal Ones app completely didn't work, so I also was unable to watch a lot of these matches during um, 
during the months of December and January, which also didn't make for uh, didn't make it very easy to record a podcast. That's why I held off. I was confident the app would start working again after all I paid for an entire year. But it did come back. It came back um, around late January or so, and I've been using it ever since. But anyway, in this one, the scoring would start early. It would be the home side who have struggled recently, but they get on the board first. And Caldas just com- was coming in off a big win over Academica the previous weekend when they had 3,000 fans at the Campamata at their home stadium. In this one, there was a healthy contingent of traveling Kaldish support, but it was the home side five minutes in, uh, drawing a, a bit of, as they say in Portuguese, um balde agua fria, an ice bucket, over the, the traveling Kaldish support over the players um, who came in confident. 1-0 to Real, thanks to Adilson. Silva, a nice through ball was played in. He beat the offside trap and then beat the goalkeeper Wilson Suarez to put Real Masama ahead in the fifth minute. 20 minutes later, though, it would be the new signing, a, a January addition to the squad for college. Lucas Vilela, the Brazilian, comes on, and he equalized. He, this was his first start with college, and he would equalize in the 25th minute after a nice, uh, a nice cross sent in. And he got on the end of it, got his foot out, and managed to redirect it to the far post. 1-1, and then in the 33rd minute, Danielson Tavares would lose his mind in the space of a couple of minutes. He picks up two yellow cards, and he is sent off in the 33rd minute, leaving Real with um, with a man down, and Kaldish with all of the control of, of the match at that point and all of the confidence in a minute before halftime. It would be their, their reliable longtime striker, João Tarzan Rodrigues, who would put the black and white ahead one minute before halftime, and college would go into the halftime team talk. Ahead 2-1, to one, and in complete control of the match, the manager, José Valla, had to be confident in the way the match was going. But this would again turn on its head in the 60s. It would start in the 64th minute when André Pech would pick up a yellow card for simulation in the penalty area. He recognized his error. He apologized to the referee, but he saw the yellow card anyway. And three minutes later, in a in an, a space of of a, of a few moments, the ball is lost at midfield. Real has a strong counterattack going, and Real had been picking up the momentum. They started to take the match back after the hour mark. And here in the 67th minute, caught in transition, André Pech decides uh, he had no choice but to bring down the Real player to bring down a Dielsen Silva and the referee comes over to him and he knows right away. And once again, apologizes to the referee, but Andre Pech would get his second yellow card in the space of about four minutes and would be sent off. And, uh, he acknowledged his, his, uh, his mistake. He apologized to his opponent, apologized to the referee and the referee flashing the white card for this, the white card for fair play for Andre Pech for, I guess, accepting responsibility for his errors. However, um, an award in fair play is one thing, but either anyhow, Kaldish still reduced to 10 men, and it would be a 10-on-10 match the rest of the way, and Real would have the best of the, would have the better of the football once it was 10-on-10, and obviously the two teams with plenty of substitutions made their substitutions, but then uh, heads would be lost in the, in the closing moments as, uh, it just that Portuguese hot-headed mentality comes out, and 
Real would see Marcos Barbeiro and Adilson Silva, their goal scorer, sent off with straight red cards in the 90th plus five. I believe it was after the final whistle. And in the end, uh, Real Masama finishes with only eight players on the pitch. College come away with the victory. They survive. They take much needed three points. And they get ready for a big, big one next week at home against Bolognese, a six-pointer, no doubt. And that was um, that was the second to final match. Uh, the last match was the night one, also on Canal Ones, and it was in Ribateju Alverca hosting Vitoria Stubal in somewhat of a, a regional derby. The Stubal and and Ribateju are not far from each other. And Alverca would open the scoring with Hassan in the fourth minute at home. They'd go ahead 1-0, uh, 45th minute. Adama Francois of Vitoria Stubal sent off. And the Sardinus would have to play the second half with 10 men. And they'd put up a valiant effort, but in the 90th plus two, it would be put out of reach. Jean Sales would make it 2-0 for Alverca and the Gibrejanus. We'll take all three points in this regional uh, matchup. And that closes uh, round 18 in the uh, in the Liga Trish. And now let's go to the table quickly, and I will uh, run down the, the table for you. Starting in the north, okay, Felgadej are the leaders, and, and they've got a little bit of headway now. They've got a little bit of cushion. Again, remember, there's another phase. So they're gonna have to, um, they're gonna have to stay sharp because when they get to the next phase, it's it's gonna be all or nothing once again. But right now they have a f five point lead atop the the table in the north, uh, forty points for Felgadish nineteen thirty two, Villa Verdense, Lunk Villa Verdense second on thirty five, and Saint Joannes right now in third with thirty one points, same number of points and same goal difference as Verzin. But it's holding down that final promotion spot right now. Promotion playoff spot, 31 points. Fifth place belongs to Braga B with 27 points. They are four back, four matches to play. Still anything can happen there. In sixth, just one point behind Braga B is saint jean uh, with 26 points. Canelage, 2010, uh, they have 24 points. Definitely not out of it. Um, I don't think any Benfica is rooting for Canelage, so I don't have to say too much nice about them. But uh, they have 24 points in seventh place. Again, they are they are right now seven points from that that necessary fourth place. That that fourth place spot everybody is gunning for. Uh, Paredes sit in eighth right now on 20 points. It may be out of reach for them. It actually almost mathematically is out of reach. And for the rest of these teams now, it's about uh, it's about preparing themselves for the relegation phase. And avoiding relegation at all costs. Ninth place is Montalegre on 19 points. Tenth place is Faf on 18 points. Anadia is 11th on 17. And Victoria Guimarães B sits in 12th now with only 6 points. Just one win in 18 rounds for the Conquistadores. And um, I know they're, they're going to desperately want to stay in this division. We go to the south, and it is Union Leiria leading right now. It's a slim margin. It's a two-point lead atop the table. Union Leiria, 38 points right now. Two better than Amora. Amora with 36 points. And in third right now is Caldas. They are hanging in there, and they 
badly need to to stay in those top four again. Not so much about guaranteeing promotion, but even more importantly about guaranteeing um, guaranteeing a Manutenção to stay in the Liga. Avoiding relegation is what I'm trying to say in the third division. And um, again, this is why it's so important to, to finish in one of those top four places if you have that opportunity. College with 31 points. Alverca now move into four, or Alverca stay in fourth with their victory over Stubal. Bulanes hot on their tails right now. Uh, Alverca has 30 points. Bulanes has 29 in fifth. And Sporting B also, they're going to be disappointed to drop points again. But they're right there. They're within a victory of going above that line as well. And we know that Sporting desperately wants their B team back in the second division. They've got 28 points in sixth. And then you got some separation, and you got some teams now that are you know, that are coming to grips with the fact that they won't be playing for for promotion. They're going to be playing to fight off relegation. Seventh place is Oliveira do Hospital, twenty two points. Academica Coimbra has moved up from twelfth to to eighth since we last talked about this division. Right now, eighteen points, and um, it's been a good turnaround for for the students. Montcarpachens in ninth with 17 points. Real Massima also on 17 points. They are in 10th. Vitoria Stubal, the Sandinos, the historic club, the club that's won the Portuguese Cup, the club that's played in, in Europe, that's played in, in the old UEFA Cup, and Cup Winners' Cup, and um, the club that's also famous um, for one of their very famous sausages by the name of Jose Mourinho. That's the second time I think I name-dropped him in this episode. Um, the the Sardinus are... They were in the first division just two seasons ago, and here they are now staring at a possibility of falling to the fourth level um, when they are a team, I believe, that really invested this season and things have just not gone well. 16 points from 18 matches for Vitoria Stubal. Fontinhas are in 12th, also on 16 points. And again, the Azorian side is going to want to stay alive. So they are going to try to get focused and get things corrected in time for the second phase, if you will, the the, the relegation phase. Um, here is what it looks like in round 19. Here are your matchups starting February the 17th, this Friday. Felgatish 1932 hosting Braga B. And then on Saturday, San Juan Vid hosts Vila Verdense or Lanc Vila Verdense if you if you prefer the full name, thanks to their uh, ownership group. <laughs> they will play Saturday early and then Fontinha, 8 a.m. Eastern time here in the United States, which is 1 p.m. Uh, in Portugal. Fontinha's host Amora in the Azores, while Sporting B welcome the leaders Union de Leiria to Alcochete. That's a 10 a.m. start Eastern time or 3 p.m. Uh, Portuguese time. Oliveira do Hospital host Alverca at the same time. Montalegre hosting Canelas at the same time. São Joãoense host Paredes and uh, at that time. And then a noon Eastern time kickoff or 5 p.m. Portuguese time kickoff for Anadia and Faf on Sunday. Four more matches. We start in in Minho with Vitória Guimarães hosting Brazil. That one's very very early in the morning here in the United States, 6 a.m. Uh, Eastern time, which is 11 a.m. Portuguese time. So it's an early more well not early, but it's a morning kickoff for Vitória Guimarães and Brazil. Montcarpachense welcome Real Massama to Algarve at 10 a.m. 
Vittorio Stubal, welcome Academica to to Stubal and a battle of two former, very recent former, or somewhat recent, I guess, in Academica's case, former first division sides, historic clubs, former both past winners of the Portuguese Cup, and they will meet at the Bonfim on Sunday noon Eastern time, 5 p.m. Portuguese time in the night game uh, at 2 p.m. Or, or two, excuse me, 2 p.m. Eastern time, 7 p.m. Portuguese time. It's the big one. It's in my hometown. It's Caldish taking on Bulanish at the Mata. And uh, I'm hoping and it all, it all signs point to it being a, a pretty large crowd, especially by Portuguese standards. Um, so it, this is a massive six pointer both teams uh, are within a couple points of each other and if if either team comes away with the win they're gonna they're gonna take a huge step towards getting their spot in the promotion playoffs those are the matchups for round 19 that's gonna do it for Liga Trish English this week I'll be back next week and um, when I come back next week I'm my goal is to have a little update on on the CNS on the Campeonato Nacional uh, de Seniors the fourth division, so we can start to see uh, what teams are looking like they're going to be fighting for a promotion to next year's edition of this competition. And we'll see um, how things are going there, and I'll check in with some of the better-known clubs at that level. I hope to do that next week, if not next week, in one of the um, upcoming weeks. That's going to do it here on the Mr. Befica podcast feed. I'm the Mr. Mike Agustinio. Don't forget to follow me at Mike Agustinio on Twitter. That's at M-I-K-E-A-G-O-S-T-I-N-H-O. You can follow the, the show at Benfica Mr. on Twitter or on Instagram at Mr. Benfica. And I'll be back later this week to recap Benfica versus Bruges in the UEFA Champions League round of 16 first leg that's going to kick off Wednesday. 3 p.m. Eastern time here in the United States, 8 p.m. Portuguese time. Um, it's a big, big match. Obviously, Befica looking to get back on the winning streak, looking to start another really good run of results. The form right now has been good. I'm confident going into that match. And um, uh, special interest for, for my Canadian listeners, my Canadian friends up there, because Clou Bruges features one of your national team players. I'm talking, of course, about Tejon Buchanan. He's going to be playing against Benfica, matched up against Grimaldo on that left side. That's going to be, I think, a key matchup in that match. So watch for that, and I'll be back later this week to talk more about Benfica. And, of course, uh, I've got more content coming as well. Uh, I've got a reaction to the Rui Costa interview that I'm working on, and also a review of the Benfica documentary, the Seychelles documentary, Factory of Dreams, which I've had the chance now to watch and now working on uh, a review for that. I'll record it and I'll get it on the feed at some point in the very near future. Um, for any further content, of course, go ahead to www.mrbenfica.com and don't forget to uh, check out www.parkingthebusmedia.com. Um, a new season of the Parking the Bus podcast will be kicking off very, very soon. So tune in and make sure you follow at PTB Media on Twitter and Instagram for any updates that may may come up there. And there's some new some new podcasts dropping this this new season, this new calendar year that I'm working on and that I'm very excited about launching. And um, yeah, that 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 basically does it here for Liga Trej English. Uh, I love talking about this division. I love following it. So I hope you, you're enjoying it as much as I am. And if you've got a favorite team, of course, 
let me know. Tell me to, to pay more attention to your team, and I'll do the best I can, all right? Um, remember to support your local football club, okay? Football depends on local support. If you don't live there, you can support in other ways. Support them on their social media. Watch their matches when you can. Subscribe to their YouTube channel. A lot of these matches are on YouTube. A lot of these are available on YouTube on Canal Owens' YouTube channel. Okay. Sometimes there's no commentator. So Canal Owens, if you need a commentator, I'm here, man. I'm here. I can do it. And I'll do my best Portuguese. Anything. Um I'll I'll do I'll commentate college games. And and uh that way it's it's not just pure silence when they're playing. But again, if this is one of your hometowns, um or nearby towns, and you want to follow your your local club, I do recommend it. It's a lot of fun, and um, amateur football is still a very important, a very important step in the football pyramid. And, and this isn't an amateur league; this is a professional league. Some of the teams are amateur, but it, it is a professional league. Other teams are more semi-professional, um, but it's very important to support football at the grassroots. Yes, we are all Benficistas, Benfica. You know, comes first, no question about it. But uh, don't forget to support your local club, whatever level they may play in, whether it's the Liga, the Liga Three, the Campeonato Nacional, the the fourth division, or if it's in the district championships. Support your local club. All right, that's that's my message to close out this episode. Thank you, everybody, and I'll catch you next time. What's up, PTB Nation? This is the Mr. Mike Agustinho, and I'm here to tell you about a brand new podcast coming your way from the PTB Media Network. You know, every weekend in America, American soccer slash football fans, whatever you want to call the sport, tune in to their favorite leagues and watch matches upon matches. Every weekend, upwards of 100 live matches are available on television and on streaming in the United States of America. But did you know that that was not always the case? Did you know that there was a time where soccer was completely obsolete on American television? There was a time when the national team played World Cup qualifiers at high school. There was a time where there was no English Premier League on Saturday mornings. The only professional game played here in the United States was played indoors. Hard to believe when just this past Black Friday, nearly 20 million Americans tuned in to watch the United States and England at the FIFA World Cup. But that was a pipe dream at the timeline where we start this podcast back at the end of the NASL when it looked bleak, when the United States did not get the bid to host the World Cup 86 where college soccer was something uh, of an afterthought, uh, where soccer players went and decided to kick for the American football team because there was no future in the sport. I'm taking you back there, and we are going to relive it because it's important to know where we were before we can go where we're going. 
Birth of a Soccer Nation is a new podcast for the PTV Media Network. It's dropping in 2023 on the Parking the Bus podcast feed. We'll rewatch classic matches, throw in a documentary or two, some newspaper articles, maybe some magazine reads as well. And we'll relive the growth of the game from the bottom up. The underdog story. So we can understand just what it means to be an American soccer fan today and just how hard it was to get here. Listen to Birth of a Soccer Nation wherever you get your podcasts and find it on the Parking the Bus podcast feed. Follow the PTB Media Network on Twitter at PTB underscore media now and be alerted when the first episode drops in 2023.